0: Now. Woo. Hey, let me let me apologize to those of you that are watching on Facebook. Somebody asked if we're on YouTube. We're not. We've had technical difficulties. Uh there they were there it's something about copyright. We and let me just be clear, we're not a cheap church. We pay every year for licensing for copyright, but we got to straighten this out with YouTube. We're not on YouTube uh, the last couple of Wednesdays and today, so I apologize for that. We're going to do our best to uh, get back on YouTube. So just so you know, um, that's what's going on. And uh, pray for YouTube, whoever is in charge of that. Uh, Yes, amen. Well... I'm going to begin a sermon series, probably for now and next Sunday, called, Do Not Settle. Because I want to challenge us not to settle. Because I believe that one of the problems with believers today is that just like the saints of the Old Testament, we are settling for less than what God has promised us. The Bible tells us on several occasions in the book of Joshua... Regarding different tribes that were assigned territory through Joshua. It tells us that they did not drive out or They did not expel In other words, they failed to drive out the enemies that were on the land that God had promised them They failed to expel them and as a result they ended up settling for less than God's best for them and as a result some of them ended up having to dwell with these people On their property I mean it's like you 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 come and you buy a house that somebody previously owned and they don't want to get off and you allow them to live there on your property with you how frustrating would that be how miserable would that be for you but there are people that we read about in the Old Testament that settled for that they accepted it but today I'm going to challenge us not to settle do not settle Let me begin with the story late one night a burglar broke into a house that he thought was empty he tiptoed through the living room but suddenly froze in his tracks when he heard a loud voice say jesus is watching you silence returned to the house so the burglar crept forward again jesus is watching you the voice boomed again the burglar stopped dead again he was frightened Frantically, He looked all around in a dark corner. He spotted a bird cage with a parrot that was inside He asked the parrot was that you who said Jesus is watching me? Yes, said the parrot <sighs> The burglar breathed a sigh of relief Then he asked the parrot. What's your name? Moses said the bird That's a dumb name for a parrot sneered the burglar Who named you Moses? The parrot said, the same person who named the Doverman pincher Jesus. (laughs) Jesus is watching you. (laughs) Woo! Now, I want to encourage you not to settle today. I want you to think about, and maybe it's happened, maybe you've lived it, maybe you've experienced it. It's been a busy day at work. So busy that you skipped your lunch break and all you had was a Diet Coke. As you drive home, the sun has already set and you are starving. You try to picture in your mind what's in your pantry at home. And plan what food you can prepare as a meal when you get there. But as you're driving on, on your way home, you start noticing one fast food restaurant after another. Each restaurant offers an entire menu of choices that would take away your hunger. Before you've had any time to really think about your decision, you've already pulled into the jack-in-the-box box drive through You order a triple cheeseburger with curly fries and a cup. compared to the fresh home meal that you could have prepared, this doesn't hold a candle. But you settle for a cheap substitute nonetheless. Why? Because you were so hungry and the drive-thru was right there. It was convenient. So you decided to settle for for the quick fix you know you feel stuffed but the fact of the matter is you are not truly satisfied as soon as you have swallowed your last bite you think to yourself why did I eat that why because when we are hungry we have a tendency to settle for that which doesn't Satisfy, And unfortunately, there are believers today that are settling for cheap substitutes when the Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, how many of you have started for something big and ended up with something small? Because in the process You decided to compromise your life, compromise your calling, and you settled for something small. Now, you may be content with what you have achieved, whereas the promises of God were something high. This reminds me of the story where a fox was hungry, so he started chasing down a hen But after about a mile a rabbit came on the way and the fox started chasing the rabbit after about another mile a rat came on the way so the fox ended up chasing the rat finally the rat ran straight into its hole and the fox ended up waiting in front of that rat hole many times we are like the fox we are content with small achievements whereas we started for something big listen god wants you to have his best for your life jesus said the thief comes to kill still and destroy but i have come that you might have life and life more abundantly i came gave my life sacrificed it Three days to give you a life that is greater than you could have outside and apart from me. And yet you're settling for less. This is why I'm speaking these messages because I want us to understand there is so much more that we can experience in Jesus and through Jesus. We do not have to settle for less. So let me go ahead and state... Something that is obvious in many lives people are willing to settle for less than God's best And here's another fact God will reluctantly Allow you and I To settle for less than his best why because he's given us a free will He's given us the power to choose He'll give you the whole garden that has all the different trees that will satisfy and yet you and i may choose like adam and eve to go after the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and lose out of god's best in the process because god will not violate my will he will not violate your will he'll reluctantly Allow you and I to settle for less than his best. Not because he wants us to. He so wants to bless us with his best. But if we refuse, he'll allow us to end up with less than his best. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that speaks of a group of people who settled. It's found in Numbers 32 and verse 40. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Numbers 32, 40. It says, so Moses gave Gilead to the Macharites, descendants of Manasseh. And they, notice, settled there. Where did they settle? They settled on the east side of Jordan. They weren't willing to go across the Jordan into the promised land where God had land a portion for them. Instead, they decided, we will settle on this side of the Jordan. For less than what God would have us to possess. So, in order for us to understand the context of this, we need to backtrack to the beginning of this chapter. Notice with me, the request made by the tribes of Reuben and Gad. The request made by the tribes of Reuben and Gad. We read about it in Numbers 32, verses 1 through 5. Where it reads in Numbers thirty two, one through five, the tribes of Reuben and Gad owned vast numbers of livestock, so when they saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were ideally suited for their flocks and herds, they came to Moses. Iliazar the priest and the other leaders of the community. They said, Notice the towns of Ataroth, Dibon, Jazar, Nimrah, Hesbon, Ilielah, Sibma, Nebo, and Beon. The Lord has conquered this whole area for the community of Israel and it is ideally suited for all our livestock If we have found favor with you notice the request, please Let us have this land as our property instead of giving us land across the Jordan River Now this request that they made helps us identify What settling looks like notice? Please Let us have this land as our property, instead of. That's what settling is. God says, I'll give you this, but we say, instead of that, let me have this. And we settle. God says, I promise you this, but instead of going after His promise, we settle for less than. We settle for the instead of. I want you to hear me and hear me clearly. God loves you and He has a great plan for your life. He has a future and a hope for your life. But God will not drag you into that future and hope. He calls you. He invites you to it. But you've got to make up your mind that it doesn't matter what it takes. I'm going to go after what God has promised me because Jesus said it since the days of John the Baptist the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent taken by force God gives but you got to take that's what the book of Joshua reveals God will get, has a blessing with your name on it but you got to go into the land and battle for that blessing you've got to have a mate of mind that says if there's a demon a devil that's a squatter on the land that god has given me they better watch out because I'm coming in the name above every name to expel them i'm not going to settle for less than god's best and so they come with this request and then we read about moses response to their request in verses six and seven of numbers 32 we see moses response to their request do you intend to stay here while your brothers go across and do all the fighting Moses asked the men of Gad and Reuben, why do you want to discourage the rest of the people of Israel from going across to the land the Lord has given them? Moses responded with an assumption. He assumed that when Reuben and Gad, these tribes, told him, we want to stay here, that the reason they told him that was because they didn't want to fight with their brethren in possessing the land. That's what he assumed. He assumed, you guys want to settle here because you're afraid to go and fight with your brothers in the promised land. That was his assumption. And the reason why he responded as strong as he did was because he knew something that Bible teacher David Gusick points out. Jesus' fear, he says, had a foundation. If you want to press on with the things of the Lord, and go deeper and further with Him, there is a sure way to discourage that desire. Start hanging around believers who are content with where they are, and who do not want to press on with the Lord, complacency is contagious. You see, Moses feared if I allow them to get their request and they stay behind and don't go fighting with us, it's going to discourage the other tribes. Their complacency is going to contaminate and it's going to snuff out the desire of the other tribes to press on for all that God has for them. Here's what I want you to know. It not only takes God to help you fulfill what he's promised you is yours. You need people around you that will help fuel your fire because their faith is a faith that is a bulldog faith. They have a faith like a bulldog on a pork chop that says, I'm not going to let go till God does what he's promised he will do. I'm not going to let what God says is mine I'm telling you Whenever my fire starts to go down I know who to call I don't call somebody who's lukewarm I don't hang out with somebody that's given up I call somebody that I know is fired up for Jesus Because I know hanging out with them It's going to light me up Amen former basketball coach Pat Riley made this statement complacency is the last hurdle any winner any team must overcome before attaining potential greatness you see the difference between a winning team and a losing team is the winning team has a mind that says i don't care how high the price is we're going to pay it. Because they understand something. The price doesn't compare to the price. Woo-hoo. That's why Jesus says to his church, Be faithful unto the end. And I will give you a crown of life. What he wants us to understand, No matter what it's going to take to get you to the end, It doesn't matter what you go through to get to the end. What you go through to get to the end is not going to compare what you're going to get at the end. All the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Woo! I thought I was just going to come and teach today. I'm feeling this thing. Woo! You see, the way to overcome complacency is to get off the plateau you are on and leave something behind. Someone stated, one half of knowing what you want is knowing what you must give up before you get it. So Moses assumed the reason why they're requesting to settle for this land on the east side of the Jordan is because they don't want to go with their brethren to fight. But his assumption was wrong. In fact, they responded to his response by declaring their resolve. They had a resolve. And we read about it in verses 16 through 19. But they approached Moses and said, We simply want to build pens for our livestock and fortified towns for our wives and children. Then... We will arm ourselves and lead our fellow Israelites into battle until we have brought them safely to their land. Meanwhile, our families will stay in the fortified towns we built here so they will be safe from any attacks by the local people. We will not return to our homes until all the people of Israel have received their portions of land. But we do not claim any of the land on the other side of the Jordan. We would rather live here on the east side and accept this as our grant of land so they helped Moses understand your assumption is wrong we're not saying we're afraid to go and fight in fact we'll go fight with our brethren and we'll help them possess the land but we still want to come back to this side of the Jordan and settle for this we know it's not what God has for us, but we're willing to come back and settle. You know, there are people that are settlers. They'll settle for less than God's best. But what I've understand, understood about them is this. It's not because they don't know what needs to be done. In fact, have you ever met somebody who gave you great marriage counseling and yet their marriage was in shambles? I've met people like that. They can tell you what you need to do for your marriage. And yet their marriage is all messed up. You know why? Because they have the knowledge. But they're not putting into practice what it takes to have that knowledge transform their life. There are people that will give you great financial advice who find themselves in financial messes. People that will give you great advice on physical fitness Who are unfit to give you that advice but it's because they've absorbed all this info they have it all up here but they haven't been willing to put it into practice in order to benefit from it that's how these people were they were willing to go and fight with their brethren so that their brethren could obtain what god had promised them while at the same time settling for less than what god wanted them to experience in their lives Where did God say their inheritance was supposed to be? In the land of Canaan, the promised land. The tribe of Gad knew that. The tribe of Reuben knew that. They heard it and still they said, I know God has more for us. I know this isn't his plan. I know it's not God's will. But we choose to stay on this side of the Jordan instead of crossing over into the promised land. Instead of obeying God, instead of following God into His full blessing, we like to just stay out over here. So, as I'm bringing this plane to a landing, there's a question I feel I need to answer. Why do people settle for less than God's best? Why do people settle? For less than God's best let me give you three quick reasons they settle for less than God's best because they grow weary they grow weary they get tired they grow weary they don't want to give any more effort because they're exhausted they feel like it's not worth it to keep going on but I want you to understand many times Your breakthrough is contingent on you having a mind that says, I'm willing to go one more round. On you having a mind that says, I'm weary, but I'm willing to go one more mile. I'm willing to keep running this race, not knowing that if you do, right around the corner is your blessing, is your miracle, is your breakthrough. Galatians 6 9 and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart I read this past week about a man whose wife had grown ill and fallen into a coma and every day he was there at the hospital first week he's there by her side Praying and hoping she would come out. Then the weeks turned into months. And finally, one day, he grew weary and took his life. Would you know, a week after he took his life, she came out of the coma. He was a week away from seeing her come alive again, but he gave up. I'm saying to you, don't give up. I'm saying to you, if God gave you a word from his word, don't give up because God will not be your debtor. He will be your rewarder. He's a rewarder of those that diligently weary. Why do people settle for less than God's best? They worry. They worry. From Moses to Joshua to Gideon to Jeremiah you will discover that each worried they weren't qualified for the task that God called them to, Moses said. Who me? Uh. You 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 want me to to tell Pharaoh? Let 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 my people bo, 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 go. But I can't even t, 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 talk right. He said I stutter. I'm not qualified to be your spokesperson. And then you see, not only Moses, but Joshua, feeling like. I'm not a Moses. I can't lead the people to the promised land. How do we know that he felt that? Because three times God had to tell him, Joshua, be strong. Be courageous. The fact God said it three times tells me he was afraid. He felt cowardly. But guess what? I have felt afraid. I have felt cowardly. In the face of insurmountable odds. Because I am a human being. You are a human being. Let's be honest. There's moments we don't feel qualified to do what God is calling us to step out and do. And then you have Gideon hiding in a wine press. And God says you're a mighty warrior. Then you have Jeremiah telling God, but but, but I'm too young to be your mouthpiece. Here's what we need to remember. God doesn't call the qualified God qualifies the call it's not about what you can do for God it's about what he can do through you <laughs> when God calls you when God calls Because he thinks you have all the right credentials. He doesn't call you because you have the doctrine on your wall that announces, I'm qualified. No, look at what Paul writes, that the many that God has called... people of not notoriety not of nobility they were no names most people that god calls are not qualified because it's not about you it's not about me it's about him and if he called you he will accompany you to make up for what you lack and his power will demonstrate that he is greater than whatever is before you Whoa. So why do people settle for less than God's best? Because they worry they're not qualified. There's a third reason. They don't want to do the work. They aren't willing to do the work. Would you tell somebody, work it. Did you know that the doors of opportunity, they are marked Push. The doors of opportunity are marked, push. Some people are like, I need a job. What are you doing? I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord is like, while you're waiting, get up on your feet and walk. And go apply. You got to work it. You got to work it. Jesus said this to to his disciples in John chapter 9, verse 4 in the ESV. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. You got to work it. Work work is not a foreign concept in the Bible. You will find the word work over and over again in the Word of God. Work is not a foreign concept. In fact, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't Eat. getting a lot of love emojis on live stream y'all must be workers all right push yeah that's right stephanie let me just say to you today god has not called us to coast he has called us to conquer we are not to settle when joshua led the people into the promised land you read chapters 10 11, 12, especially 11 and 12, and you will see the land that they conquered, and you will see the land that they possessed. But come chapter 13, Joshua was growing older, and God tells him, There is still much more land to possess. CWC Life Family, I want you to understand, there is still much more land for your family to possess. There is much more land for your marriage to possess. There is much more land for our church to possess. Why? There are still many more souls to be one for the kingdom of God. There are still other towns that need living, vibrant churches that are there to demonstrate that God is still alive and well. There is still much more land to Possessed, and I'm telling you, as long as God has me alive, you got to know your pastor is not a settler. I'm like Caleb, Caleb, at 85 years of age. He shows up in Joshua 14 and he says to Joshua, give me this mountain. It's been 40 years that I've been waiting for the promise of God and I want this mountain. I know I'm 85, but I'm as strong today as I was back then when I first wanted to go into the promised land. And I want you to understand something. Even as you get older, you can get bolder. I know people in my profession that as they get older, they get more calm, more calm. They're fine with the rocking chair. Not me. If I'm breathing, I want to make a difference. I want to reach another person. If God says, take another community, I'm willing to go for it. And if I have to have a crutch, orale, I got a weapon then. Vámonos. You ain't stopping me. Because God hasn't called us to coast. He's called us to conquer. There's much more land. There's much more of Jesus that you and I can experience. That's why Peter wrote, he said, as newborn babes, thirst, hunger for the milk of God's Word. Why? So that you can grow up unto salvation what was he saying there's so much more connected to salvation that you can experience but if you're going to experience it you've got to have a ferocious hunger like that baby that will not settle that baby that's going to keep until you satisfy its hunger that's how you got to be in your Christian life I'm not going to shut up I'm not going to calm down I'm not going to quiet down. Call me Bartimaeus. You tell me to shut up, I'm going to raise my voice louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because you're not going to shut me up and keep me from the blessing that i know has my name on it you're not going to keep me from my miracle that i know that this jesus that is passing by has the ability to perform and i'm saying to us here today we don't have to settle for less than god's best we have a god who invites us call to me i'll answer you i'll show you great and mighty things that will blow your mind but you've got to cry out you've got to have a hunger you've You've got to have a mate of mind. You've got to have a spirit that says, I don't care if the devil comes with hell and high water. When he comes like a flood, I know the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard, and the victory is mine. That's what we need to have. That kind of spirit today. Are you ready? Do you want it? Do not settle. CWC Life, do not settle. CWC Life, family and friends on life, do not settle. I've often told you, the best thing you can do is give God your yes. <sighs> Ooh, when you give God your yes, it's like opening the door wide open and saying, Come on. Come on, angels. Come on, UPS, heavenly angels. Unload the whole truck here. I say yes. Yes. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. You're gracious. You're good. You're generous. Every good and perfect gift is coming down from you. The Father of lights, of the heavenly luminaries, the sun, the moon, the stars. Every good and perfect gift comes down from you. In whom there is no variation, neither shadow of turning. You're always at the zenith of your power to perform what you have God, I have family here right now in front of me. My brothers, my sisters in Christ that have miracles, promises, blessings with their name on it. And I'm asking for all of us, God, today And as we revisit this theme next week as well, stir us up. Arouse us to godly action that we would not settle, but that we would be stirred up to stretch for what You've promised. For what You say to us, this is what I've designated for You. This is what I've portioned out for you, my daughter, my son. You don't have to settle for the east side of Jordan crossover. And in my name, lay hold of the blessing I have with your name on it. Lay hold of the promise that I have with your name on it. Go for it. Give me your yes. Yes. watching on live stream and you know you're far from God or even if you're here in this building and you know you're far from God but you're tired of running from Him, and you realize just like the prodigal son no matter where I go it can never be as good as it is at the father's house ready to run back to the father then I want to invite you right now to make your way to the father how do I do that pastor angel call on him just say just like the prodigal father forgive me forgive me for settling for less than your best I'm sorry please restore me I want to live in your house I want to live under your care. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for restoration. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know the Father has received you just like you've opened up to receive his forgiveness. For he has said, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And now begins the journey to go after all that he's promised you. We're here to help you. We're here to encourage you. We're here to build you up through the word of God. We're here to help you. You're not alone. There are fired up people here that are ready to say, you know what? I've got some logs I can pour into your fire too. We're here to help. Now I'm going to invite you to join with our PW crew. And we're going to say to God, we say yes to you. We say yes. We say yes. Come on, let's do it.